The message you're about to listen to is produced by the Trans Edge Church. We believe you will be blessed and changed by it. The Trans Edge change is inevitable. Praise God. All right, let us pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to share your word this morning. And we pray that you use me. Let me not speak out of my own knowledge or wisdom. Let your wisdom flow through me. And Lord, you will speak to us this morning. Reach out to us where we are. Cause us to see where you want us to go. And as your word comes through this morning, let it find a place in our hearts. Open the eyes of our hearts, God, to behold wondrous truth out of your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, for the past two weeks, we've been talking about majorly our theme for the year. How many of us remember our, our theme for the year? Oh, come on. Fruitfulness and abundance. It's our year of fruitfulness and abundance. And last week, we're talking about extra, bringing extra. And we realized that extra is not the usual. Extra is what sits on top of the usual. So basically, if you've been called to do a particular job and you're given um, the role or the description, the role description, and you do exactly what that job description says to do, you're not bringing in extra. It's just the usual. It's what you are expected to do. But we also said that if you go above the call of duty, go above and beyond what is required of you, you're bringing in extra. And in which case, the ones who bring in extra are those who deserve promotion. The ones who bring in extra are those who deserve award. You hardly see anyone getting an award for being just a staff who is doing what they are required to do. But you only see people get award because they are doing more than is required of them. But today, I want us to look at something a bit more. And our text is from Nehemiah chapter 8. On Friday, we were talking about extra too. In terms of responding to God. In terms of how our year can only be achieved, as in the theme of our year can only be achieved when we respond to God. 
that you've received God's word for your life does not mean it's just going to happen. However, if you respond to it, then you are on your way to achieving God's promises. There are beautiful promises in God's word that we could read and go, yes, that's mine. But at times we struggle. And at times even some people never even achieve those things in their whole lifetime. And the reason might be because they've not responded to God's word. They've done nothing about that promise. So God has said to us, yeah, it's your year of fruitfulness and abundance, both in us individual lives and as a church in general. But how do we respond to that? Do we just say, well, God says we're going to be fruitful. And just say, we're waiting for fruitfulness. Let's just wait for it. Let's wait for a time of harvest. Right? Let's wait for all the good, good things to happen in our lives. Let's just wait for it. It's great to wait. It's fantastic to wait. But before waiting, what have you done? And whilst you're waiting, what are you doing? Because you can't just sit down and do nothing. So what do we do in order to achieve what God has planned and promised for us as a church? Nehemiah chapter 8. I want us to take again from verse 2. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon. And as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. I like what Kate said this morning about being attentive. Because he cannot respond without being attentive. Being attentive to God's word. So whilst Ezra was reading, the guys were attentive to God's word. And can I say one more thing, actually? In verse 1, that's where it started. Because Ezra didn't just wake up in the morning and go, all right, let's read the book. No, but check what happened in verse 1. He said, when the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns and all the people came together as one in the square before the water gate, they told Ezra. Can you see it was not Ezra's own idea? They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So it was their idea. Why? Because they knew that there were beautiful, precious promises in God's word. So the guys came together and said, hey, let's go to Ezra. Let him bring out the book. 
So when Ezra started reading, they were attentive to God's word. And because they were attentive, in verse 4, they were able to respond. And, and, and we studied it that when they opened the book, or rather, Ezra opened the book, the people stood up. They were ready. They stood up. And when Ezra started to praise God, the people lifted their hands up. What a response. They lifted their hands up and said, Amen, Amen. Just to the reading of God's word. And that was the first day. And guess what happened the first day? Verse 9, if you can quickly go there. Actually, verse 7. The Levites, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah. Why did I choose verse 7? It's got all the interesting names. Okay. Jamin, Akub, Shabbatai, and all of them, okay, <laughs> instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. Don't forget, if you read from uh, verse 1 to that verse, verse 7, you realize that Ezra started reading the book from daybreak to what time? To noon. And that was when all of these things happened. And they fell on their face and worshipped God. But after that time, all these other guys, the Levites, started to teach the people, not only Ezra now. These other guys started to teach the people while the people were standing and just taking in the word. So it started to teach the people. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. So they weren't just only reading for them. They read and gave, gave the meaning, making it clear so that the people understood what was being read. So in other words, they were not just going to come to church and hear the word without understanding it. And then go home, and once they cross the doorway, they forget everything that has been read. No, they... Ezra and the Levites made sure that the people understood the word. You need to understand when God gives you a word. You just need to understand what does this mean. Become curious. What is this about? What does it mean? In my life today, how does that apply to me? You see, as I'm talking right now, some, some of you might be thinking, well, that was Ezra back then, 2,000 plus years ago. 3,000 years, actually, more. So, so that was Ezra back then, so what does that mean? But can I say to you, that was, before Ezra read the, that book to them, it was over 400 years from Moses to them. So they could have said, well, why should we be reading it? That was Moses. 
thing. But rather, they came to Ezra and said, read it. So they were waiting to hear it. And they stood there to understand it. What does it mean for us today? How does it apply to my life today? You see, some people might go, well, the Bible is an old book. Of course it's an old book. The Bible itself knows it's an old book. But it's applicable every day. Hebrews chapter 12, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, he never changes. And it won't change because he's scared of you. No, it won't. However, when we sit down to understand God's word and apply it to our day, it becomes relevant. It becomes relevant. So how do we do that without being curious? Last week we talked about being expectant. And I realized there's a difference between being expectant and being curious. You might be expectant and you just see there. But when you're curious, you start asking questions. Expectancy might just cause you to sit down and wait. Be patient. You know, I'm waiting. Yeah, it's going to happen. But curiosity makes you ask questions. How much do you like those kids that are curious? And they are always coming back to ask why. But mom, why? But why? But you can't have the ice cream. It's 9 o'clock at night. But why? But why? And then you explain. And you think you've given the answer and they will still ask, but why? You know, at times, it's okay for us to just come to, to God with a curious heart. Curious about what he said. Curious, not doubting him, but being curious. Well, God, you talked about fruitfulness. How does that apply to me today? What, what does that mean for me? How can I achieve that in my life as an individual? in my family, and in our church. What does that mean? And you keep asking those questions. And to be honest with you, I think we are being curious because we're, we're talking about the same thing for the fourth time, right? We've been on this for the fourth time. It's more like armor of God, right? Ephesians 6. We were on armor of God, God knows, for how long? Probably about six weeks. But hey, was it beautiful? It was fantastic. Why? Because the more we look at the word, we are looking for the detail. What have you said? What have we missed out on? What were you trying to say? We want to see what you're saying. Do you know what Paul did? Paul, after he became a Christian, went away to Arabia and spent three years just studying to find out if all of these things that he said was true. So when God gives the word, he expects some level of curiosity from you. And can we say curiosity, again, is not doubt. Curiosity says there is more. There is more. It's not all that you can see that there is. There is more. Right? There is more. It's just like in relationship, when you say, you know, you love someone and then you move in together. Fantastic. Beautiful. And you think it's always going to be rosy? Of course. Of course. That's the expectation. But it's in the detail. 
when the first challenge breaks out and you're thinking, did I actually move in with you? Did we actually get married? Are you sure I didn't make the wrong decision? No, it's in the detail. Because this time you are given the opportunity to learn more about that person. And the curious heart, the curious soul will start to ask a bit more question. Not judgmentally, but just to learn for themselves. Just to know the you that I have committed my life to. How about you getting to know the God that you've said you're my Lord? You see, what, do you just say he's my Lord just because it's a nice thing to say? Just because he looks around you and says, yeah, 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 you're my son. No, I, I'd rather we'll learn more about his lordship in our lives. I'm not quite sure how true this story is, but it kind of makes sense now. That this lady built a house, massive house, probably five bedrooms. Uh, and then, she was a Christian. Um, so as she moved in, into the, um, the house with her property, she took one room and went, God, this is your room. This is your altar. This is your place. You dwell here. See, the house is yours, but this room is yours. And according to the story, it's not my story. I didn't make it up, but I heard it. All right? But according to the story, the devil came that night and tormented her. And probably that was why she thought, I'll give one of the rooms to God so that at least God's altar is in this house. So the devil came and tormented her. And she woke up in the morning, went to that room and said, God, where have you been? The devil came to torment me. Where were you? And God said, I was in my room. I stayed in the room that you gave me. Said, okay. All right, let's give you two rooms then. So he gave God two rooms. Said, at least you have more share. And the devil came the other night and did exactly the same thing. She got upset. She got frustrated. But what's going on? I thought you were in the house. I, I've heard from mom that when God is in your house, nothing happens. And God said, I was in the place where you gave me. You gave me two rooms. I was there. I was the Lord of those two rooms. Until finally she went, all right then, you have the whole house. And that night came. And then the following morning she woke up and went, oh. The devil didn't come tonight. And God said, no, the devil came. But the landlord of the house has changed. You, you, you see, when, when God takes over your life, things might still be happening, but you might not know. Why? Because the landlord has changed. And all I'm asking you to do is stay curious. Stay curious. If I call you Lord... How much of my life do you own? That would be the first question I'll be asking. Should I go there? I'll go there a little bit. If I called you my husband, or I called you my wife, how much of my life do you know? Do you know my bank account? What's the balance? <laughs> Ouch. Am I okay? All right, let's go there. Let's still go there a little bit. 
Do we speak the same language? Do we agree on most things, although we are not in agreement? Do we? Do we make the decisions together, although it may not always go my way? Do we? Because it's almost a reflection with our relationship with God. When you say, Lord, you are the Lord of my life, and yet you are the only one making the decision. Have you realized that? That most times we are the only ones that make the decision, and yet we call God the Lord of our lives? And then you make the decision and go, God, just come along. So, but I'm supposed to be the Lord. You say, shh, come. You know, our, our responses at times, that's what it says. God, just keep quiet. You're the Lord. You're the, that's your title. But hey, stay curious about his lordship, about what he can be in charge of in your life. And I'd rather say everything. Everything. The Bible says, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's what the Bible says. So stay curious. Stay curious. Say to someone, stay curious. Ask questions. Don't just assume. And it's just like I'm talking about it this morning. Don't, don't just go home and go, well, pastor said so, it must, it must be true. No. What if it's not true? What if I'm just bamboozling you? So I'd rather you go home and study it for yourself. I start the fire, you add the fuel. I ignite something in you, you go home and set it ablaze. Stay curious. And the only way to set it ablaze is to stay curious, to ask questions. So God, so what does this mean? So what does this mean? Why did you say this and how? Okay, all right, I get it now. Okay, I get it now. I get it now. I get it now. And that was the first day, don't forget, with Ezra and his people. That was the first day. Mm. Verse 13. Oh, I, I, I won't jump here. Oh, look at it. Verse 9. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest, and the teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some, send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And we've got a whole lot to say there. Say. So, the Levites come to all the people saying, Be still, for this day is holy. Do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food, and to celebrate with, the, with great joy because they now understood. Because they now understood. Because what? They now understood the words that had been made known to them. The next thing there. Aside from staying curious, is staying obedient. All right? Staying obedient. 
Because when, it's easier to obey when you understand. Otherwise, if you don't understand, it's called bullying. <laughs> right? You don't understand. And at times, it's a struggle when you don't understand to actually partake or participate. You cannot participate when you don't understand. Or rather, you can participate but not fully. You cannot be committed. You only do it as a tick box when you don't understand. Right? We're having training. Okay, yeah, training. So for what? I just want everyone to come together for training. For what? Training. Okay. Sorry, what do we have again? Training. All right. And then you show up for the training. And you sit down and go, all right, this training is for this. And the person, don't forget, the person who prepared the training understands the content of the training and knows the importance of the training to you. So he's delivering passionately, but you are completely lost. Why? Because you don't understand. And all you needed to do was just to ask questions. Training about what? And how does that help me? You know, not rudely, but just really being curious to understand. Because you don't want to waste your time just sitting in training and then not gaining anything and walking away feeling frustrated even more. But when you understand, it's easy to obey. We see Nehemiah and Ezra told the people, Hey, it's not a day to grieve because the joy of the Lord is your strength. So go eat, you know, good food, sweet drinks, and give portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. In other words, don't just keep to yourself. Give to others. Celebrate. So because this day is holy to the Lord. The guys didn't go, Why? Why? Because they already understood the reason. So the last, the last verse that we just read, it said, and they went and did as Ezra told them. They were enforced. They went. Do you know at times we might be instructed to do something and you only commit to do it while you are seen. But once you are away, no one is seeing you anymore. You just go, yeah, can't do it. Not going to touch it. How amazing at times when you see people, especially at work at our workplaces, right? Where two people are talking and they're talking against this person, the third person. And as soon as that person walks in, everyone, you know, the, the whole atmosphere changes and go, hey, how are you doing? You know, how's everything? As though we, you're the best person. But just a few moments ago, we were gossiping really terribly about you. And then you walk in and we pretend as though everything is okay. You know, at times that's the attitude that we have in our own personal lives. Where we feel like, you know, when we do it so that God sees, that's when things are done. But when, when you feel like God is no longer seeing you, it doesn't matter. Let's not do this now. Let's only do it when we get to church. Let's not pray now, we'll pray when we get to church. Let's not study the word now, we'll study when we get to church. Because when you know that when you study and when you get to church, you have no other option but to just listen. You know, if you walk out, you know, I might think, you think I might think you're being rude. But it really doesn't matter because it's completely up to you. But when you get back home, do you still have the same attitude of let's study the word? Let's pray. 
this is my time. I, I've got to pray. And, and like I always say, it's good to have a specific time to pray. But how about the whole day? What do I mean by that? Let your life be a life of prayer. That wherever you go, while you are cooking, you are having a shower, you are brushing your teeth, you are you know, cleaning your shoes, whatever you are doing, you are just there, completely aware of God's presence. Do you know what prayer is? No, that's another topic. All right. Now verse 13. Are we there? On the second day of the month. Don't forget verse 1 started on the first day. Now verse 13. Oh sorry, verse 2 started. So on the first day of the month. Now verse 13 says, On the second day of the month, the heads of all the families... The heads of all the families. Oh, these are the people that are supposed to go, go to work and be responsible for something specific in their, whole, in their families. But it said the heads of all the families, along with the priests and the Levites, gathered around Ezra. Again, Ezra. They gathered around Ezra, the teacher, to give attention to the words of the law. Fourteen. What was the next word? They what? They found. They found. As you are listening to me, what are the things that you are discovering? What are the things you are discovering in your life or in God's word right now that will change the course of your life or rather change the next decision you are, you, you are planning to make? He said, they found. You see, you have to consider, you have to come together to research, to be able to find. The reason why people study and gain their PhD is because they paid attention to the detail. You know, when I was younger, I used to think a PhD holder is someone who knows everything. But I realized, no, they don't know everything. But they know everything about something little. It's just the little component, the little component that they studied. Delve into it. Went, look out for it. The grain of sand, then they are starting to think, what's this grain of sand made up of? Oh, it looks like a crystal. When you clean it up, it looks like crystal. But when it's dirty, it looks brown. And so they're just studying only that grain of sand. And now they are completely knowledgeable about that grain of sand. Ask them anything about that grain of sand, they will tell you. But don't ask them any other thing. And they are, and they are called professors. Or, or rather, they are called doctor in that particular area. I don't think God expects you to know everything about the word. I think he wants you to know everything about the word he has given you. Because we don't all get everything. As in, you know, we all have different premises. In God's word. But he wants you to, com to be completely sure. You see, one of the things that we always say here is about our vision. 
Our vision is to generously impact nation, building a people with God's likeness, a people who will lead and influence in all areas of life through the knowledge and wisdom of God's word. So we know that front to back. The only thing that I've not tried is actually saying it backward. But, but we know it. Because, and, and every Sunday we find ourselves studying more about it to know where God is taking us to. Why? Because that's what is relevant to us. I won't study the vision of Volkswagen because we just have to study vision. No, I will only commit myself to studying the vision that God has given to us. And that does not mean Volkswagen's vision is wrong. No, but they, that organization had a vision and a mission to fulfill. Same with other churches. They've got mission and vision to fulfill. Because that's what God has called them to. It's the ministry God has called them to. But whereas the ministry we've been called to, it's our responsibility to continue to look out for the detail. Be curious. Be in depth. And go, God, so to generously impact nation, what does that mean? So how do we do that? Leading a people with God's likeness. What does that even mean? It does not even sound like a correct grammar. However, what does it mean? Through the knowledge and wisdom of God's word. Oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. But how does that apply to me? It's to stay curious. Why? Because the more you are curious, the more you find. So it's not only to stay obedient now. To stay discoverable. Stay discoverable. Turn on your Bluetooth. Stay discoverable. If you don't turn on your Bluetooth and someone is sending something to you, you never get it. No matter how much power you've got on your phone, your phone might still be 100%. It's ready, but it's not ready to receive Why? because the Bluetooth is not turned on. And people are trying to discover you, trying to find if you are in the area, but you're just sitting together. And you say, my phone is on. Come on, send the photo. And you say, but I'm sending it, but I can't find you. How many of us understand what I'm saying? All right, great. Because in our world, you see my shirt? Digital mindset, okay. So in our world, it's almost all digital. So these days, you don't plug anything anymore. It's either through Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. Do you know what happens to our young people? If you want to punish them, turn off the Wi-Fi. That's it. Their life is over. It's true. And thank God for Apple these days. <laughs> you know, my boy wants to stay on his iPad for the whole day. There was, a, there was this day I got back from work. And I checked my phone. And my phone, you know, I got a notification that, you know, his time limit was over. And I set five hours for him. He's on holiday. I set five hours for him. And I thought, so you've been playing on your iPad all day? He said, no, Dad. I said, I saw it. I saw it. So how did you see it? So I showed him the phone. He said, oh, oh, oh. He said, yep. He said, however, tomorrow I'm going to reduce it to one hour. He said, but no, dad, no. Whatever you want me to do, I will do. Of course. So our lives almost is a life 
that has to be connected to something. But until you turn on your Wi-Fi or you turn on your Bluetooth, you will not be discoverable. Stay discoverable and you'll find. You'll find. What did Jesus say? The acronym ASK, A-S-K, is an acronym and it speaks for itself as well. A stands for ask, S stands for seek, K for st- stands for knock. Same thing. They say, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. But until you take action, none of these things will happen. Fruitfulness and abundance, God says, ask. Seek and knock. And to knock means you have to take the step to be committed to something, to remove foreseen embarrassment and go and knock. You know, these days it's very difficult for us to knock. Why? Because we're thinking socially it's not applicable anymore. Socially it's not, it's not, no, no one really wants to be disturbed and no one wants to ask. You know, no one wants to knock at the door. But if you really need it, you will knock. Right? You will. If you want me to discover you, you turn on your Bluetooth. You know, some of us, our Bluetooth are set to private. Or for your contacts only. But for the daring ones, it's public. Are you still here? Did I lose you? Okay, I'm just checking. For some, for some people, it's unrestricted. Anything that you are sending to me, I receive it. For some, it's for contacts only. And for some, it's turned off. Which one are you? When it comes to your connection with God, which one are you? Do you say, wherever you send me, I will go? Or do you go, when you send me and I know the place, I will go. Or do you say, I don't want to go. What's your Bluetooth setting? Stay discoverable. Second day, they gathered together. They did what? They gathered together and what did they find? They found. They found. They found, verse 14, they found. Yep. Stay discoverable. They found written in the law which the Lord had commanded through Moses that the Israelites were to live in temporary shelters during the festival of the seventh month and they should proclaim this word and spread it throughout their towns and in Jerusalem. Go out into the hill country and bring back branches from olive and wild olive trees and from myrtles, palms and shade trees to make temporary shelters as it is written. So, verse 16, so the people went out and brought Can you see, the people went out and brought branches, but the elders found. What do you think the elders did? The elders passed on the information to the people. My last one, be ready to share. Be ready to share. 
You see, when you, how many of us, you know, at times who take beautiful photos at the beach, whatever, and then, and you didn't take a particular one, and then you ask the other person, can you send the photo to me? And that person shares with you. And once the person has shared with you, you turn off your Bluetooth. And the other person is telling you, did you get that photo? He said, yeah. Can you share? He said, yeah, when I get home. When I connect to Wi-Fi. How about being ready to share? Be ready to share. Don't keep it to yourself. Do you know you don't completely know everything until you are able to teach it? You don't know the detail completely. And until you are able to teach it, there's still a part of it you will never know. And your understanding is broadened when you teach. Be ready to share. So they shared with the people, and the people obeyed and went all out. The last one I'm going to share with you very quickly is verse 19. Are you there? Verse 19. Can you read it with me? Is it on the screen? 19. Actually, 18. 18. Let's do it. Day after day, from the first day to the last, Ezra read from the book of the law of God. They celebrated the festival for seven days, and on the eighth, in accordance with the regulation, there was an assembly. Now, verse 1 of the next chapter. On the 24th day of the same month, the Israelites gathered together. Are you still here? In other words, from the very first day, they didn't stop. He said, in verse 18, he said, day after day, they kept searching. At what point does your curiosity end? At, those, at what point do you stop seeking at what point do you go, well, this is enough? Stop. Stop thinking, I'm too busy. Because you can incorporate this into your lifestyle. By staying curious. By going, God, I just want more of you. I want more of you. I want more of you. We talked about it last, uh, you know, on, Saturday, on Friday. How the way that Solomon wanted to show God he wanted more of God. Second Chronicles. Was by giving more. By giving more. God said in Leviticus, one sheep needs to be brought for an offering. The first time Solomon brought how many? One thousand. Then the second time, he brought how many? 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep where only one was required. Are you still here? Only one was required. He brought 120,000 sheep. And every time he did extra, God came to him at night and goes, Solomon, what do you want? Are you still here? Don't stay in the usual. Bring extra. 
don't be used to the usual. Bring extra. You know, our young people say, stay woke, right? In other words, always be ready. Always be ready to bring more. More of your praise. More of your worship. More of staying off Facebook while the message is going on. You know? More of God's word in your life. More. Say to someone, more. 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 What does more mean to you? Because once you are able to give, let's say, for example, financially. My time is over. Financially. Once you are able to give $5, do you know that becomes the usual? And the next time, you should be able to give more than that, $5.50, $6. And the more you increase your capacity, the more you are saying, God, there's much room for you to feel. There's much room for you to feel. There's much room for you to feel. I want you to feel me more because I need more in my life. And how do you do that if you're not ready to give extra? Give extra time to God's word. Give extra time to praying. Give extra time to committing yourself. Give extra time to spending time with people and just having a chat with them. Don't just go, you know, and you're saying hi. Whilst you're still saying hi, your mind is already gone. You're thinking, oh, yeah, just finish talking. Just want to go. And you don't want to be rude, but you're already hovering. And then you look for someone else that takes your attention. You go, can you give me a minute? And you walk away because you're bored. No, give extra time. When you're listening, listen. Stay connected. Why? Because you never can tell what is happening within that connection. That interpersonal relationship, God requires it on three levels. Between you and man and between you and God. And that was why when Adam lost it, God came looking. Adam lost the relationship, God came looking. Never lose the relationship. Bring extra, extra time. You come to church, don't be willing, once it's 12 o'clock, I'm gone. No, stay, have fellowship. The service might be over, stay around. Get to know the other person. Get to know the other person. You might be shy as myself, you know? You know, self-confessed introvert. However, you just have to put in extra to know the other person. How are you? How's your life? How is everything about you? And don't be weird. Okay? Be nice. Be real. Be genuine. Bring extra in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we stand on our feet? The message you've heard was produced by the Trans Edge Church, and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com, or you may contact us by email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com. Thank you.